0: Welcome to episode one one two of reviews from the crawl space. Over there, looking sleepy, is Vicky, and over here, also looking sleepy and a little bit gassy, is I'm Douglas.
1: Because uh, I've been feeding you nothing but lentils for two days. Making
0: them a salad. Um, follow us on the Twitters at rftc tcs one. There we go, and then Instagram is just reviews from the crawl space. Is one block, just one solid run together goddamn phrase and there you'll find what we're working on currently um uh, album covers and past episodes you can find out what we're up to all the all the nonsense we're re- reviewing and sometimes not nonsense but mostly nonsense
1: a lot of nonsense yeah
0: today is mostly not
1: Yikes. today is today's
0: some interesting
1: yes interesting, definitely interesting interesting
0: and not boring
1: interesting for sure
0: Just out of curiosity, then, what do we have?
1: Okay, so this week we have a little um, album called The Game by a little band you might know called Queen.
0: Nope, never heard of them.
1: Then Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band and an album called Doc at the Radar Station. Never heard of them. And the third one is Pink Floyd, The Final Cut. Never heard of them.
0: Wow, this is a lot of firsts for us here today on the show.
1: Bullshit, no.
0: (laughs) Upcoming artists that we've never heard of before. They're trying to get their big break.
1: This is our third Queen album.
0: Just three, three hey?
1: Third, yeah. No. And I hope there's more.
0: Yeah, so do I. I. I'm
1: really hoping for Sheer Heart Attack in this collection somewhere.
0: Oh, oh, I can, well, I can guarantee you that Sheer Heart Attack is coming up in a couple episodes.
1: Oh, awesome. I love that album. That is my favorite. <laughs> I hope it's in good condition. That's one of my favorite Queen albums. Yeah, Anyways, there's more. There's more coming. So this is our third Queen album. Another one we've done, A Night at the Opera. We mm-hmm. did that eight months ago. Mm-hmm. And it's an album they recorded in 1875. The other one that we um, reviewed, News of the World, with that
0: terrifying cover. With that
1: terrifying cover, we yeah. did that one about nine months ago, and it was released in 1977. <laughs> so, because we've already done a couple of Queen, I'm not going to give you a lot of history. But Queen is a <laughs> British rock band format But for those of you who I mean, haven't, who heard don't it,
0: know who is Queen? Yeah, exactly.
1: I can't assume. Because then it makes an ass out of you and me.
0: led by Frederick Mercury.
1: Yeah. So Queen, a British rock band formed in 1970. The classic lineup was the incomparable, I added that in. Incomparable. Weca- uh, Freddie Mercury on vocals, uh, Brian May on guitars, Roger Taylor on drums, and John Deacon played the bass. And oh my God, does he play the
0: bass. Yeah. He's all right.
1: Their early albums were influenced by progressive rock, hard rock, and heavy metal, but they gradually ventured into a more conventional radio friendly style, such as arena rock and pop rock.
0: Yeah, pop rock, yeah.
1: The game is their eighth studio album released in June of 1980. It was the first Queen album to use a th- synthesizer.
0: Yeah, and this is that pivot that you were just talking about. This is like clearly their pivot into 80s pop rock.
1: Yes. Uh, this album was a critical and commercial success, uh, and became the only Queen, surprisingly, the only Queen album to reach number one in the U.S. and it became their best-selling album in the U.S. with hmm. four million copies sold to date. Weird. Producer Queen.
0: What the fuck do they think was like? Well, what were all the other albums? I don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not like, I'm not going to get into my review of this album just yet. But like. Have you guys heard of other Queen albums?
1: Yeah, totally. I totally agree with you. So they, um, Queen helped produce this album, but they also oh, yeah. got a guy named Reinhold Mack. He had 311, produc- 311 producing credits to his name, and the only other album that we've done by him so far is Billy Squire's Don't Say No. Okay. But he also did... Um,
0: Which explains kind of the... The, like the fucking Billy squire song on this album I know you haven't got to the things yet but that explains um was it need you're loving tonight there was one on there that we talked about because it's got the it's got the keys on like holy shit, right there is a pop really like a pop rock song and Billy Squire is actually one of the what I use for an example of the direction they were going
1: Oh, interesting. So,
0: anyway, sorry that that you said that it's the producer and it makes. I'm just saying it just makes sense to me yeah, now yeah. that they sound the way they do on certain things because that's the producer.
1: Well, and he kind of prompted them to to do a totally different way of recording. Yeah, yeah, I was, this yeah, album.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that, with that, we'll we'll talk about that real quick. Is that Queen used to do? We've all I don't know if you've seen the documentaries or the making of or even the movies talking about how they did like Bohemian Rhapsody is a great version or a great example of it where. They did so many takes over and over and over to get it one right that it actually would wear the tape out. It would be crystal clear and there's no more magnetic materials on it because... So with this one, the producer is like, no, we don't have to do any of that shit. What are you guys talking about? And this one where they could just go through and do the first take and then go and and do it again later then you just drop pieces in as they need as opposed to, fuck, we got to redo this whole entire section again. You better get it right. It's a fucking two-minute guitar solo that you need to nail
1: could you imagine being uh, <coughs> like it would, that would be exhausting doing it over and over and over again. oh
0: yeah like it would be nothing for them to do have to do you know 15 20 takes of a, of a part to get like a section to get it right wow so instead of doing that the the band was able to drop things in and it became a whole lot easier for them instead of being exhausted right because you're trying to do like you oh, know take that, 100 of this guitar solo or, or this of those chorus that you need to do well and then
1: it would be which one do we use and then what then it would be <laughs> It Be would exhausted. add months onto yeah. a, a recording. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, the other ones that this uh, fellow, this Reinhold Mack, uh, the other bands that he produced were uh, Sparks. Sparks, yeah. Black Sabbath <laughs> and Color. Meatloaf. Oh,
0: okay.
1: So, the track listing on this song, on this album, it spawned five
0: singles? Yeah, yeah. easy. Yeah, it's all hit.
1: So, side A, play the game. Dragon attack whose bass line I have had playing over in my head over and over since
0: it's not great yesterday This can't be played loud. enough. Oh,
1: yeah, I totally agree <laughs> That's when I'm gonna go put my headphones in and just like crank it crank it um, Another one bites the dust which was another also, single number one great baseline. that went to number one
0: another good funk disco base yes,
1: yes, 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 uh, need your loving tonight mm-hmm, another great, single great. Crazy Little Thing Called Love, another single that went to number one. Yeah. So the two of them went to number
0: one. Well, actually, I think Crazy Thing Called Love, that, that's their off of here on Spotify, that's the one that's most played. Yeah, no doubt. By a large margin.
1: No doubt. Side two is Rocket, Don't Try Suicide, Sail Away Sweet Sister, Coming Soon, and Save Me, which is another single. Uh, 35 minutes and 42 seconds is the runtime on this album. And for Contacts, Context. Yeah. <laughs> The before album was Live Killers, 1979. And the after album was Flash Gordon.
0: Oh, the same year, Flash Gordon soundtrack. Released in 1980. Which has got some great songs on it as well.
1: Yeah, it sure does.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I'm just thinking about that album now. (laughs) Flash. (laughs) (laughs) And then immediately, at least we need to think of two things. And one of them right away off the top is that Will Ferrell movie, uh, uh, Blades of Steel or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) then <laughs> okay so
1: <laughs> yeah if you haven't seen it
0: it's yeah. fun watch it blades blades of steel no blades of glory Blades of glory,
1: glory yeah,
0: yeah yeah okay yeah the welfare i'll go look, go look it up <laughs> so it's funny one of the things i will say about this album because like it, most of what we're gonna say is really positive one thing i will say is that there are some meh songs on here because they're kind of kind of transitioning away and like you said into their more poppy 80s sound and they're definitely doing it here they just like decided this is where we're going yeah um a couple of the songs i don't like and it's funny because one of the songs that is both their, what we're saying is both their strength and the weaknesses they always have they never have just like one album that's got one type of song and that's it there's a billion different kinds of songs on here. Yeah. One thing I don't like, and it's kind of like that. The "Don't Try Suicide" song is I, I, that's one of the ones I don't like, and like, I know people are gonna hate me. A crazy thing, a little crazy little thing called "Love." I'm not a huge fan of because it's like that '50s rockabilly thing again. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, yeah. I don't. Fuck! I hate that. Just like that. That feel. That time, that that music is just so terrible to me. It's like nails on a chalkboard. So there's two songs in here that are are kind of like that. But like I said though, because there's so many other kinds of different songs in here, it doesn't matter. The album doesn't linger on. Yeah, you on don't one get bored thing. with it. No, That's for sure. It's just like boom, boom, boom. Yeah. And I think we had that with News of the World as well. There yeah. was just like different song, different, different, different kind, different style, different genre. Yeah, yeah. We so, did. Yeah. So like I said, it's pretty good that way. But uh, yeah, the, the bass lines, there's some fantastic stuff. Oh my god. Yeah.
1: And some of the guitar, like as guitar, just make you like the drums. Oh, just oh so yep. cool so awesome <laughs> just, so just, just crank it perfect.
0: up perfect yep and like I like said there's so many hits like would you say six six singles or five singles five five yeah. five yeah wow that's uh and to me too and we talk about this every time we cover Queen besides the musicianship those guys like Freddie Mercury is still one of my favorite all-time performers like the guy's incredible
1: yeah it's funny you know I was thinking oh we had him but he was with Queen for 21 years before he died
0: yeah, and plus a ton of his own stuff.
1: But it would just be so cool to know what he'd be up to these days. I well, mean, there's a lot of artists we can say that about. Oh yeah, for sure. Prince,
0: Tom well, Petty. Up to these days, I don't know. I just that's the thing is they.
1: John um, Lennon.
0: But they all serve their purpose in their time. Will they? Yeah, uh, yeah, I Will know. they still be as?
1: Kurt Cobain
0: would it like, be still as interesting now would they still would they be like David Bowie where they still put out fucking hit records forever yeah. right up to his death and even after his death they still putting out material would they be as legendary I don't know yeah would it it? because like I know some of his Freddie Mercury's solo stuff it was probably bullshit and would they have continued that or would they have tried something different or would they have died of drugs anyway? like like a, yes I, I agree with you but yeah they served the purpose in their time
1: yeah very true very true <laughs>
0: and it's like I'll could stop you being
1: so nostalgic? Well no and if
0: you're like that's a good question could you could they survive outside that time though? Could they keep going? Yeah, I don't know.
1: yeah, would he have just gone into obscurity What is he just like at some point?
0: Just gone to a retirement home with old age? like I guess I don't know, just keep touring like Mick Jagger because if you stop, you die. Yeah Because <laughs> you know those guys stop just like Charlie if they're dead. Well, anyway, and there's yeah, still just
1: there's still two original members left in the band. Well, they still I was gonna say they still, still tour with Adam Lambert. They're and, still like
0: Queen the same way it's Pink Floyd. Yeah. it's not really. It's like a shadow of itself. Yeah, it's shadow
1: of its former self. That's for sure.
0: Propping up the bits. Keep keep that money rolling in.
1: So yeah, I um me too. I'm not a fan of Don't Try Suicide. That was written by Freddie Mercury.
0: I like I like the messaging of it because it's like I like it, but it's just like in terms See, of. See,
1: for me, the message
0: is. It's just saying like, don't. Uh, it's like it's so passe. Don't try suicide. The girls aren't gonna like it. Nobody cares. Yeah. It's, it's just it's just gonna annoy people. Don't bother. I, I don't I don't mind the message, and it, but it's just it's so weird to reconcile that you have Dragon Attack and that song on the same album. <laughs>
1: uh, uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah.
0: But like I said, though, um, you, you know these guys are doing all right. Anything else you have left there? Uh, no, okay, yeah, like I said, and, and one of my favorite performers, like I said, in, in, in Mercury. And all I have to do is go back to that DVD we have, I think they're at Wembley Stadium or something from '84, 80, something, it's just fucking wild, yeah, the energy and the showmanship,
1: the showmanship, yeah, for sure.
0: So, uh, so The Game by Queen. Electra Records, catalog X5E-513. Canada, 1980. This is original, and it's listed as a Don Mills pressing. I would imagine at a certain point everything came out of Don Mills or what other other factory they have. Yeah. Like, there's only, like, 1980. There's not a lot of them left.
1: Well, yeah, there's even less of them now.
0: Yeah, well, you know what? I would imagine that's kind of coming back online a little bit more these days. Maybe. Oh no no maybe about it record seals are all right considering where they were zero uh condition the cover uh, the spine is readable the cover is still reflective it's got the 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 thin foil or metallic effect with it uh it does have somewhere the only thing bro the only thing is the glue at the very bottom is broken if you fix that glue then this this becomes a very very good condition album cover careful yeah, sure. yeah. yeah just right here at the bottom again yes yeah, and it's not ripped at all it's just that the glue no it's is just literally... un-glued.
1: like the glue, the glue's gone yeah
0: okay what else? where are we oh, okay uh glue broken somewhere yeah that's fine the sleeve is original printed sleeve it's okay it, there the album does kind of poke out the one side a little bit but still it's pretty rare in this collection probably count them maybe both my feet how many times that we've had actual original sleeves in there it's, it's super rare it's about as rare as uh colored vinyl back in the day or just in this collection
1: yes true
0: uh the vinyl is in very good condition there was no notable scratches or scuffs or anything like that cleaned up real nice it wasn't even really that dirty to begin with and the audio was okay here is where it's different because we've been listening to it quite a bit on spotify and the spotify version's remastered and it sounds really good the album version this original one didn't sound as good it sounds it's got a good mix in terms of uh, sound field usage, but it lacks any bass. Like we were listening to it and I'm just like, where the fuck is the, the, the bass line, you can't hear it as well, the, the drum, the kick drum. It's better on the, the remaster, but um, this album suffered a little bit from the 80s. I know it was just made in 1980, but we've talked about this before, how the, the albums coming out of the 80s just lacked warmth and, and bottom, and this is one of them, surprisingly. I mean, otherwise it sounds good if they would just turn up the bass yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, like I said, remaster sounds great. Uh, sleeve designed by um, Cream, who's been on the show before. The sleeve concept is by Queen. Photography by Chris uh, Hopper and Peter Hintz. So Cream, album cover design company from the ne- Netherlands, 310 credits. <clears throat> this is the fourth time on the show. Uh yeah, fourth time on the show. Uh others, uh Queen's News of the World, The Moody Blues, Long Distance Voyager and The Monks Bad Habits. Uh so Queen for the sleeve concept, uh, Queen has 24 credits in all of their own albums. Uh Chris is a folk talk with 52 credits to his name. A second time on the show. The other one was for The Monks Bad Habits. Has other credits include Skid Row and The Kinks. Peter, a former queen roadie turned photographer, specializing in advertisement photography. 48 visual credits, Billy Squire, which is, I think that's why my brain made the connection because Billy Squire showed up, besides the producer, showed up as the photographer. photographer. So they were using a lot of the same kind of crew and and stuff like that. Yeah,
1: which we've seen a lot. Yeah, uh, so
0: the 48, so Billy Squire, Freddie Mercury, Anita Dobson. I don't even know who that is. Okay, that's it for me.
1: Okay, I want to mention, too, that the drumming is pretty kick-ass.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, no. Like, it's, it's everybody on, like, does their yeah. job,
1: and it's fantastic.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay, so the Discogs information, 16 for sale from $2, 461 have it, 216 people want it. It gets rated 3.9 out of 5, with 31 people rating. Resale value on this album, $4.01, $15, and $20.
0: Oh, really? Just 20 20 Wow. I thought it was higher than that. No. I think what happens sometimes, and we were talking about this before, I think because when I'm going through them and I have a bunch of them open and I'm trying to find the right ones, my brain's like, sees, because there's some copies worth $50, $60 out there. Yeah. My brain grabs onto that and it's like, oh, wait, no, that's not for our copy. That's just one that I saw, you know, <laughs> scrolling by.
1: I'm going to have to do some research one of these days <clears> on <throat> how that gets decided.
0: Uh, wh- on what? Cause... The
1: resale value. Or what they're worth.
0: I think to. I think for the most part, it comes from pressing plants. I think it comes from just that version and their rarity. You know, if you got a copy, that's a million copies out there, or especially if it's like a, a, a first kind of first grouping or second grouping pressing. Outside of that, if you're picking up a remaster and everybody's, you know, there's 8,000 people with that copy, it's not going to be worth very much. So there's a few, I think there's a few different things. I think too, within even the the remaster or the reissue thing, I think it comes down to sometimes what the cover, if they've done some quirky little thing with the cover, because on all the covers were that silver color on on this. The rest of them were just sometimes black. So there's a few different things i think it matters too if the band's any good if there's some good songs on there gotcha so which always leads me to believe like why don't when we were talking about um sparks why their album wasn't worth more because it's obscure and unique and it's got a great cover mm. so definitely it's yeah, it kind of the, one of the rules to the exception so what'd you give it four to five yeah four to five Yeah, totally yeah. Like i said it's not perfect but man there are some Goddamn good songs on this album. Oh, God, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I want to go listen to Dragon Attack again. Dragon Attack. Down. Queen Down. Okay. Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band.
0: Doc at the radar station.
1: Thank you. So I kind of got down a rabbit hole with this one, and there might be a bunch of information that you guys might not find interesting, but...
0: But I think it's fine because I doubt there's going to be another Captain Beefheart album in this collection so this is the first time he's been on here probably won't be again you know it's a a weird it's it's a it's kind of a distinctive album and like so i don't the fact that you've got all this stuff is probably fine because i doubt it'll be on here again and i do agree it's a shame
1: so the guy's name is don van vliet yep and he was an american singer songwriter multi-instrumentalist visual artist best known for or best known by the stage name captain beefheart um, he conducted a rotating ensemble known separately as the Magic Band. Together they recorded 13 studio albums.
0: I was saying, because well, you'll get to it, the Magic Band, while well, it's, it's magic, you can find enough people to make a band.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: anyway, so continue. Uh, they stuff.
1: recorded 13 studio albums, uh, elements of, blended elements of blues, yep. free jazz, rock, avant-garde, and idiosyncratic rhythms. Oh, yeah. Absurdist wordplay... And his wide vocal, wild vocal range.
0: Yeah, crazy stuff.
1: Although he achieved little in the way of commercial success, uh, he sustained a cult following as a significant influence on new wave punk and experimental artists. Oh yeah,
0: I wouldn't even like, even, even into the 90s, like, oh yeah, that's one thing that kind of blew my mind about this album, and we'll talk about it more, It's just... I can hear the influences and in all the other bands that we listen to. It just—it's wild. Yeah. I, I also understand why it wasn't um, popular in the mainstream. It's not really easily digestible. No. It's, it, it takes requires work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It sure does.
0: But continue.
1: So, um, he had a mutually useful but volatile yeah. relationship with Frank Zappa like the music is very similar. They
0: have, there's some similarities. Yeah. I actually kind of prefer Captain Beefheart a little bit because it doesn't it uses less dumb shit like xylophones and-
1: Oh, interesting.
0: And I mean, there was a little bit of sax, but he uses less sax too. Right.
1: Uh, see, I would prefer Zappa. Zappa? If this particular album. Gotcha. Um, with whom he sporadically competed and collaborated. So after being dropped by two consecutive record labels, he signed with Frank Zappa's record label called Straight Records. Um, the two of them met when they were both teenagers and collaborated a bit. Oh, wow. Um, he actually toured with Zappa on the 1975 Bongo tour, and their relationship grew so acrimonious that they refused to talk to each other.
0: Oh, I could see it with the, especially with Zappa, I mean, he was just like, yeah, once you're in, I could see it, once you're in his bad books, that was it.
1: Well, Zappa was irritated by the fact that Van Vliet continually drew in a big tablet while they were on stage. And he filled the sketchbook with rapidly executed portraits and warped caricatures of Zappa.
0: Um, awesome.
1: And they were described, the two of them were described as two geniuses on ego trips.
0: Yeah, which, yeah, they were just...
1: Yeah, yeah, it's so fucking accurate. Yeah,
0: boom, crashed into each other.
1: Uh, the tracks from this album, A Carrot is as Close as a Rabbit Gets to a Diamond. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flavor Bud Living and Brickbats were originally intended um, and recorded for a proposed album called Bat Chain Puller. But it was not released because Zappa owned the master tapes and as part of his co foundership mm-hmm. of something called Disc. Discreet. Discreet, yeah. Uh, so the co founder Herb Cohen and Zappa feuded over production of this album. Because Cohen funded the album, albums production with Zappa's royalty checks.
0: <laughs> that is, that's definitely like, a fuck you. <laughs> Holy shit! So Zappa a, doesn't seem like a guy who's gonna let that stuff go. Oh you're...
1: god, no, no, no! He was just so <laughs> diligent about all that stuff from the the uh, documentary that we saw about yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so as a footnote, Zappa and Van Vliet actually mended their friendship towards the time that Zappa died. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. And he died in 1993 of prostate cancer.
0: hmm
1: Producer on this album is Don Van Vliet, or Captain Beefheart.
0: Captain Beefheart.
1: Track mm. listing. Some of the song titles are hilarious. Hothead, Ashtray Heart, A Carrot is as Close as a Rabbit Gets to a Diamond, Run Paint, Run Run, Sioux Egypt, Brick Bats, Side 2, Dirty Blue Jean, and It's Not Jean, it's G-E-N-E. Yeah, like a
0: G as in like as in human genes. Human yeah, genes.
1: Yeah. Best batch yet, telephone, flavor bud living, sheriff of Hong Kong, and making love to a vampire with a monkey on my knee. Mm-hmm. The runtime of the album is 38 minutes and 52 seconds. So for context, the before album was called Shiny Beast, or it has in brackets, bat chain puller, uh, 1978. Oh, okay. And uh, the after album is called Ice Cream for Crow, uh, and it was released in 1982.
0: Hmm. Yeah, like I said, I don't think there's going to be any more in here, um, which is kind of, uh like I was saying, it's, it's an interesting album, and it has a lot of, like I said, I could hear so many influences. Uh, you know, Primus, No Means No... Uh, oh uh, my god there's so many because like it's just so proggy and i don't even like sure blues but it's definitely more i think more jazz or oriented than anything yeah. just because it's the way the stops and start and the progressions go yeah
1: i totally agree with
0: you um i understand why it wasn't popular like i was saying because it requires work it's not like an easy listen but it's worth it though because there's some really good songs and it's just like you have to put the effort in I get, I get why it's not popular, <laughs> but I also, I also, I also really enjoyed it.
1: I really struggled with this album because I really wanted to like it. Because we've heard Captain Beefheart songs that that I absolutely love. They're yeah. um, nice ballads, and and to be fair, he did try to go that route, but it didn't get received as it no, it didn't received didn't, no. either. No, no, no. So he went back to doing what he wanted to do and what he
0: experimental acid rock kind of thing
1: so i kind of struggled a little bit with this album
0: it's not to say that every song is 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 good because it's not some of them are fucking annoying but yeah
1: yeah there's some that are so fucking repetitious that you just (laughs) want to take it off the record player and snap (laughs) it over your knee
0: (laughs) but i think that's part of the good stuff that's what i mean about having to work for it
1: but there are good ones on here as well yeah like you said, so I have, I really struggled and knowing the ones that I absolutely love of him, mm-hmm. I've always thought until this album, I have always thought of Captain Beefheart along the lines of, you said it the other day, um, some of the bands that I was kind of thinking of,
0: like, oh, oh shit, I can't remember what some of the stuff that I named. It was a, it was a bunch of them.
1: Yeah. I can't remember either, but. Okay this album is totally different
0: it is like, from
1: what i ever thought captain beef heart and was. we even
0: went through and played some songs on spotify and it's totally different than anything uh-huh. like it's it's wildly different than anything
1: but yeah he did try it both ways and <laughs> neither way were successful for him
0: but he's but one of those things besides a, a cult hit or a cult hero or whatever you want to call it it's just his clearly he's got such a massive influence on a, a music industry or on music rock punk all all that I, yeah it's just yeah so many bands so many different styles in there like and one the other thing too i would say the the album is especially if you have the lyrics the album's really visual in terms of like the things that he's saying because like a lot of it is just a like word salad and shit like you're at a fucking college uh, yeah. college, college poem reminded, beat or something
1: it reminded me of that Movie with Jonah
0: Hill in it. Where he does the slam poetry. 22 Jump Street.
1: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of it reminded me of that. The slam poetry. It is. It's
0: just that. That's what it is. With like crazy progressive rock.
1: And as a person. Like I read at one point. (laughs) That he treated the band so badly. That they actually just all quit on him.
0: That's why I call it the magic band.
1: And he had to go out and find a new magic band.
0: Yes. yes, Magic that he was able to find new bands.
1: So yeah. It's um. (laughs) yeah it's interesting from so many perspectives
0: yeah definitely yeah Uh, i'll I'll throw out there uh hot head uh a carrot is as close to uh or or as close as a rabbit gets to a diamond and uh i like the song best batch yet so there's three and And those
1: are the three those are three songs well two of the three songs that zappa was holding hostage
0: because well, of the best songs <laughs> that makes sense no. <laughs> not, without those songs you don't really have much of an album and Zappa obviously knew that so uh Dock at the radar station by Captain Beefheart and the Magic Band Virgin Records catalog VM 2209 Canada 1980 know, we're, in, we're in the 80s here um, original pressing era condition cover was good very good like Honestly, it's almost new.
1: Yeah, it's it's in pretty good shape. That's for sure. Just
0: a little bit of a little
1: of bit pure. of scuffing across the top.
0: Yeah, other than that, yeah, looking good. And those wipes do a good job of restoring some of those. Um, the sleeve, the inside sleeve, just plain paper. <laughs> like like always, it's been replaced. The vinyl, once again, very very good, like new. There was nothing uh, note. It wasn't dirty. Uh, the audio mix I thought was was pretty solid considering. I was more had more bass and bottom end to it like i wish that queen would have had and uh yeah it it actually for all the word salad and stuff and all the stops and starts and crazy fucking i don't even know how you would keep track of this shit in your head if you were drumming or playing it would just like it's almost free form it'd be it's insane um art direction mike Holyfield, cover painting by don van vliet
1: Kevin and I love that cover. It's Yay. very cool.
0: Yeah, no, it's I... It's very that's what you're talking about. personality. When he was doing, like, his little drawing here, you were saying he was just sitting on a stage drawing on a tablet. I, yeah. I bet some of those were really cool, man. It'd be worth a fortune now, I bet. Oh.
1: And considering that he could play a whole bunch of different instruments, yeah. and all he was doing was drawing.
0: Yeah, just drawing. And
1: yeah. eventually he did go, he did quit music, and he went into sculpting. Oh, okay. and doing art and that. some of his pieces sell for tons of money
0: yeah I, I could see it I, I like the I like his, the, you said the cover is amazing yeah it was actually listed as yes sorry it was it was cover for I was uh number 49 on Rolling Stone's 100 greatest album covers yeah yeah I agree this one's yeah, definitely it's on pretty there. cool uh, that's one thing we're gonna have to go through those lists uh, at the end and see how many I bet we've covered most of the, the best album covers and the greatest albums of all time. We've covered quite a few of them.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have. So, yeah, we've, we have covered a lot of them for sure.
0: So, Mike, art director and production designer for Warner Brothers Records in the 70s. Actually, as a person, he's only has 18 credits uh, Emmy Lou Harris, Jerry Fielding, and Lowell George. I didn't know anybody else. I'm not I knew either of those other than Emmy Lou Harris, but it was just a bunch of. We, so he what did Emily Harris do? No, it's just that he's the, the not oh, gotcha, okay. He, the art director, so not gotcha. not yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. not yeah. not that he did that, but just the art director, and of course Captain Beefheart, or AKA Dan, um, seventeen visual credits, not just for him, or the the his band there, the Magic Band, but others include uh, Bruce Fowler, Easy Teeth, and a bunch of compilations for different things. So mm, interesting, his artwork was used on all of them. So I think that's quite interesting.
1: Yeah, I'm going to go in search of his art, actually. Yeah,
0: and i got to say, like, uh, just to go quickly over this, is it wasn't, ex- like you said, and, and I like, really want to enforce this, it wasn't what I was expecting Captain Beefheart to be.
1: No, no, <laughs> me neither. And I think that's why I was so conflicted. Because I'm like, wait a minute. I've heard a Captain Beefheart song, and I absolutely fucking loved it. Yeah. What is this noise?
0: <laughs>
1: so I really wanted to like it because he does have this... Bigger than life persona to me.
0: Yeah, well, it shows in the music. It reflects the music. Like it's just so bombat, like bombastic. Is I don't know if it's right, but it's it's. I get that people like to compare it with Zappa. It's it definitely is Zappa Jason, but I still think it's different than Zappa. It's
1: very different than Zappa, and that's part of the reason I think that they, they did clashed, because yeah. their styles were. Yeah. The same but different.
0: Yeah, and they couldn't see well. Like they couldn't see, sense? and they couldn't see the other person's style because I just had a, such a clear view of what they of what of. they
1: wanted to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. With um, yeah, well, having said all that, my my last thing is I don't know if I'd ever listen to the whole album. I've definitely moved two or three of the songs to our playlist, but I'd never revisit the whole album. And yeah. it's funny for an album that you you didn't like, and I know we'll get there. That you gave the same rating as I did, and I liked the album. Well, and I, I
1: I gave it a 3 out of 5 because I appreciate what he's trying to do. Yeah. And I may not uh, like I'm still really torn about whether I like it or not. And some of it I do, some of it I don't. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it always just reminds me of that episode of Spaced where she's on the stage doing her
0: oh, yeah, the, her, her freelance her, stuff. All,
1: it's like rabbit, rabbit,
0: rabbit. Yeah, I rabbit, just her, rabbit. her routine or whatever. Yeah. yeah. yeah she's up there in her makeup and stuff so yeah so yeah i agree just with
1: you of that so i gave it a three out of five because i can appreciate what he's trying to do and
0: mm-hmm. and i gave it three out of five because i actually kind of enjoyed the album and <laughs> it has room to grow and it's got a couple of good songs and yeah
1: interesting <laughs> okay, so oh, the discount you, you stuff to, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't know you had to finish that part. Uh, Ten for sale from nineteen dollars. Four hundred and forty-two people have it. Oh, one hundred and eleven want it. It gets rated three point nine seven out of five with thirty-three people rating it. So those thirty-three people really liked it. Yeah, no
0: shit. <laughs>
1: the resale value on this album is eighteen dollars, twenty dollars and forty-six cents, and thirty dollars in the condition that it's in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for us, right for now, us, yeah, good right condition. Now,
0: yeah. Like I said, I can't I can't recommend it enough that uh, if you guys are trying to restore, you're wiping down, you got old vinyl, like uh, the, the covers, the sleeves or whatever, and they're in bad shape, they're they're dirty and moldy or whatever. I'm telling you, those Lysol wor- wipes work so good. Wipe them with the Lysol wipes, just let them dry, and honestly, you'd never think that this thing was you know, 40, Spent
1: 30, 40 years in a crawl space. Uh, fucking somewhere? crawl
0: space, yeah, totally. It looks like it's new, so once again people lysol wipes work well for cleaning these things up and i actually use it on the vinyl too but i also rinse the vinyl off afterwards so as not to leave any of the chemicals on there which works out also as well works out pretty well but i still think it does a better job on just the cover so okay so um beef heart down captain he's a captain now
1: okay and fittingly a pink floyd album called the final cut is our final album for today Mm -hmm.
0: Wrapping up with the Floyd.
1: This is the fifth Pink Floyd album that we have um, talked about on this podcast. Wow. Uh, the very f- uh, We've talked about A Nice Pair, which was released in 1974. Which was,
0: which was the f- um, first two albums, essentially. It was... Uh... Oh my God, my brain's stopping now. Was it metal? It was before that.
1: You're the Pink Floyd expert.
0: I know, but it just left my brain. Anyways, An okay. An A Nice two, Pair. It's two albums together.
1: And we did that about a year ago. And we also did Animals, which was released in 1977, about a year ago as well. Uh, We've also done The Dark Side of the Moon uh, from 1973. We did that about three years ago. Yeah, it was early on. And an album called Amagama, which is from 1969. And we did that about 11 months ago. So, I'm not going to go into too
0: much. I had the one, a nice pair. One of them had the one... Oh my God, why can't I remember those two? Because we talked about it. Because I think we had... Yes, you're going to have to look it up. Because we actually have a separate copy of one of them as well. And we had a conversation about... A nice pair. Uh, I'm trying to think you're... Vic's looking it up right now if you're wondering why I'm stalling. (laughs) (laughs) Because it's bugging me.
1: It's a compilation.
0: Yeah. What are some of the songs? While we wait,
1: come on.
0: Okay, let's, let's just move on. It's already taking too long. I don't know why your phone is so slow to look up basic things.
1: Because it's a stupid fucking phone.
0: I forget. Let's go. Let's move on.
1: Piper at the Gates of Dawn and a Saucer full of secrets. Thank you. Okay, so and uh, Pink Floyd is an English rock band formed in London in 1964, gaining an early following as one of the most one of the first British psychedelic groups. They were known for their extended compositions, sonic experimentation and philosophical lyrics and elaborate live shows. They became a leading band of the progressive rock genre. The Final Cut is their 12th studio album released in March of 1983. Um, it was also released in the US in ap- on April 2nd. Hmm. It comprises of unused material from the previous album, The Wall. Um which was released in 1979, with some new material that had been recorded through 1982. It's the last album to feature founding member Roger Waters, who left the band in 1985. It's also the only Pink Floyd album not to feature founding member um, and keyboardist Richard Wright, who left the band after The Wall. Uh, The recording was plagued by conflict, as David Gilmour felt many of the tracks were not worthy of inclusion, But Waters accused him of failing to contribute material himself. Drummer Nick Mason's contributions were mostly just limited to sound effects. Waters planned the album as a soundtrack for the 1982 film adaption of The Wall. With the onset of the Falklands War, he wrote it as a concept album exploring what he considered the betrayal of his father who died serving in the Second World War. Walters, Walt, Walters, Waters provided lead vocals for all but one track, yeah. and is credited for all songwriting credits. Oh yeah. The album received mixed reviews. Through re- though retrospectively, it's been viewed as more favorable.
0: I don't know why, because. Anyways.
1: Though it reached number one in the UK and number six in the US, yeah, it was the lowest-selling studio album for Pink Floyd since Metal. The 1971 album, Metal. Metal,
0: yeah. Uh, I am... Um, oh, sorry, go ahead. Um, it's rolling.
1: two times platinum in the US, which was two million copies, yeah. and it went gold in the UK, 100,000. Like, why the US ate it up like that, I don't know. But <laughs> one of the comments by a magazine that reviews albums said this album was a milestone in the history of awfulness.
0: I agree. It is an, it's an awful... It's an awful Pink Floyd album. It's an awful album. Look, I mean... Look at it this way. I, I, it's funny, because I never... I don't really ever recall listening to this album. It's in the collection. looks good. Could you imagine... It's been four years since the fucking wall. You haven't really done anything other than tour, put out B-sides, shit yeah, another shit couple like of that.
1: maybe one or two And then your best
0: idea is to... Make a supplemental material for the Wall, of the movie, which is based on the Wall, of the album. You don't need to make a fucking soundtrack for something that already exists. They, I totally agree. The movie has a soundtrack. It's called The Fucking Wall, and so you come up with these bullshit ideas. I agree with Gilmore. This is this is fucking terrible. Castaway songs. Yeah. And it sounds like terrible. Like it just it's so tired after four years. So they come back with this, and then he, then Roger Waters partway through is like nah fuck it let's make it about an anti-war thing about Falkland's War who gives a shit no one even cared in 1984 about the fucking Falkland's War let alone maybe that's why people in the UK didn't buy it they're like dude we don't fucking care honestly Roger Waters and I said this before and I loved your shows get therapy just fucking get therapy
1: yeah
0: just like because we've been to his shows recently and he and I I love the stage shows are great we have the Blu-ray fucking amazing and Amos yeah, yeah. But he really can't, like, this is really what he's still touring with a lot of this. Yeah. It, it blows my mind. I never realized until we listened to this album that, holy shit, this is like half of his live show now. Um, So disappointing, man. I'm glad I was too young to know, because if this is the first thing and everybody ran out got their vinyl put this on i'd be so fucking mad i'd be oh my god i'd be so mad
1: yeah because when we first put it <coughs> on it was just like what is this a rehash of the Rehash. Wall?
0: yeah it's almost a song some of the songs are almost identical i
1: immediately had to go to my
0: Yeah, you're like well, i'm looking at yeah. this shit up yeah
1: so i looked it up to see what the story was on this and was so disappointed and i mean Gilmore said, if this stuff wasn't worthy of the Wall album, yeah. why are we putting it on here? Just
0: throwing it on another album.
1: But then he also admits to being kind of lazy in the songwriting department. Because he
0: cause he, they, cause he was tuned out.
1: When Roger Waters confronted him and said, well, what have you got to go on this album? He was kind of like, nothing. i got to get working on some stuff.
0: That's, that should so have been an he, indication that not to do an album.
1: He couldn't even... You know, say, look, I have this.
0: I, for me, I, 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 I get Gilmore's standpoint because, you know. Oh, yeah. You, I mean, sure, he's never been, like, the biggest writer to begin with. But but just the fact that, like, it's four years after The Wall. You, you want him, you, like, you want to do a soundtrack. He probably doesn't. Why would you want to keep revisiting the same material? you know we already know that they were tired of each other at the time before they even started doing this like it it makes sense because he's just creatively he's checked out
1: yeah and for me it always has felt like he's made gilmore the bad guy but the more i see of stuff like this i think it's just roger waters and his ego
0: yeah it's his ego he has a clear vision he always had a clear vision for floyd and so when they're on though you can't like you can't the wall that's roger waters like that's his vision that's his like you can't argue with it dark side and it's like he has it but the point is you're right you're right is it just took over his ego is just like and the problem too is the vision that he had for this was fucking garbage like really supplemental material to the wall dude move on and like i said it sounds so tired and bloated
1: yeah so this was their this was the last album that he was on board for and Uh. then there was another album of compilation after this. A couple a live and then album. Then Gilmore took over for what three or four more albums, and then well, that was, yeah, because there was that one was kind of the end.
0: There was one in, in the tooth, like somewhat recently in the last ten years, but yeah, there was two more albums. It was uh, momentary lapse of reason, I yeah, think, that's and one do- of them. or dogs of war. Anyways, no. yeah. Anyways, I I do remember actually. I used to have the cassette for for the next one, and it just it's even worse than this because it, it's just Roger or it's, it's David Gilmour solo stuff, but it's just kind of watered down shit. Yeah. So yeah, I know after that Pink Floyd to me, like I said, this is, this is the death of Pink Floyd. This is it. I mean, I know they put more albums out, but this is, this is the end as, yeah. as, a, as a fan. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and they were listening to it this time. It's like, Oh my God, it's so painfully obvious that they've done.
1: Yeah. Yeah, definitely.
0: Um, boy, Cause oh boy, I, you I know, I'm not even interested
1: shit. in listening to the lyrics or, no. Trying to understand what this album is about, it just sounds yeah. so much like the wall. The
0: wall, and then World War Two.
1: And World War Two, and I just don't <laughs> care.
0: I know, this exactly. I just don't care. The eighties have moved on. Like, the right, the first album we covered Queen, the game. That shows you what you need to be fucking doing out the the rock pop, getting out there. Pink Floyd's just like, now yeah, let's go softer and more bullshitty.
1: Yeah, it's just, uh yeah. <laughs>
0: So, anyways, it's just a, it's such a weird thing because we've covered so many albums and they're so integral to our lives and in the past and growing up in music and then you get to this. Well, this and, is a real and fucking Pink Floyd
1: is such a big deal to us. Mm-hmm. We're both such big fans of theirs, and to hear this album, it's like it's Ooh. like a cat laying dying in the corner.
0: Yeah, it's it's not good.
1: So the producer on this album, obviously Water, Roger Waters. Yeah. Uh, track listing, side A. Oh, yeah, because post-
0: we've been talking about it. I guess you should get to the track list. Yeah,
1: you, you just jumped in. i let Sorry. you go. <laughs> uh, track listing, side A, the post-war dream, yeah. your possible pasts, one of the few, the hero's return, the gunner's dream, paranoid eyes. Side B, get your filthy hands off my desert.
0: Is it uh, desert or dessert? Dessert. Desert? Desert? I, know, I guess we have to listen to the lyrics.
1: It would be desert, because why would you write about a dessert? <laughs> why would
0: you? I don't know. Why would you keep writing songs about the wall? <laughs> a dessert maybe is. Maybe he like his pudding.
1: Isn't dessert D-E-S-S-E-R-T?
0: It can be spelt both ways. I've had this argument with somebody before.
1: Okay, the Fletcher Memorial Home, Southampton Dock, the Final Cut, Not Now John, Two Sons in the Sunset, and <laughs> this is the other thing. Runtime, 43 minutes, Oh, it's huge. What does that mean about bloated? It's like, okay, stop. I've had enough now. <laughs> for context, and that I only re- reserve that usually for stupid albums. Well, this is oh, stupid. A stupid album, album. Context. The before co- was uh, called The Collection of Great Dance Songs, released in 1981, which, when I went to look, it was some of their other hits. Yeah. So um, then the after was another compilation called Works, Released in nineteen eighty three, and then David gilmore put out a couple yeah. more albums. Pink Floyd
0: album. Pink Floyd,
1: yeah. Okay, so that's that's it for me. And we've already talked about it.
0: Yep, yep. So the final cut, Pink Floyd, Columbia Records catalog QC three eight two four three, Canada, nineteen eighty three. This is an original pressing and a gatefold. Uh, the condition, the cover is good. Uh, wear in the usual spots. Readable spine. Good. That's good. In fact, I think that just looking stri- straight at the front cover, I would say it's in very good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like I said, wear in the usual spots. Uh, sleeve. Original printed sleeve is also in very good condition. It's pretty rare. Uh, and the audio... I'll, I'll give them I'll give them here. The audio you is... You
1: can tell it never got played.
0: Yeah, yeah. They, not only the, not, not the vinyl was very good, but the audio was very good. And not only it never got played, but... I, Pink Floyd still recorded and mixed good sounding album just a terrible fucking album but good sounding like it's it's got bass you can hear the instrument the sound field is used really wide it's it's fine there it's just an actual music itself it's not great uh, artwork is by the Artful Dodgers design is by Roger Waters and the photography is by Willie Christie so Artful Dodgers a graphic design company based out of the UK 128 visual credits. Uh, this is the first on the show, which is kind of surprising me. Uh, Rick Wakeman, Megadeth, and Iron Maiden. Also, also, because they're bringing it home, he also did a bunch of a couple of Queen and Freddie Mercury projects as well. So, uh, Roger, well, <laughs> Roger Waters has 10 visual credits. He's been on the show once with Animals, because that's what he got credit for, which is uh, one of the best covers of all time, as far as I'm concerned. Um, and it's all Roger Waters stuff is either all Pink Floyd or his recent solo stuff like he did the cover for the the Blu-ray that we have and all that shit uh, Willie is a photog with 25 credits the first on the show uh, his, some of his other credits include King Crimson Cliff Richard and Cherry Vanilla all the classics UK classics mm-hmm. I'm going to see if there's anything else I missed in your rant
1: and anyway? race
0: Oh, opinion, opinion yeah. critique and review uh, oh my I just want to say Michael Kamen too cuz we were talking about Michael Kamen and Jay Ferguson they were all together and in, in uh jo, I think Jojo Gun but anyways Michael Kamen actually played the uh, the keyboards on this as the, you said the guy had la- uh, right had yeah. left so uh, Michael Kamen if you not don't remember Michael Kamen he scores like all the big Hollywood movies you you know his work You've seen his movies, and also Andy Bone again. I'm gonna mention because oh, Andy Bone played the organ on this one. So interesting. There you go. I'm done. Jay,
1: another episode with the mention of Jay Ferguson. Jay
0: Ferguson. I'm all, done.
1: All I ever knew him <laughs> from was Thunder Island.
0: Oh really? Oh yeah. That's <laughs> the, the worst thing. Song you know that, from. The
1: song that played like <laughs> relentlessly on the radio in whatever year it was brought out. Um, so Discogs, 28 for sale from 14.99, 2137 people have it, 279, or 71 people want it. It gets rated 3.79 out of 5 with 208 people rating.
0: People are liars and stupid. Stupid liars.
1: Resale 9.99, 15 and 37.20 in good condition, wow. which it is. Yeah,
0: well, you guys definitely can have this for 37 dollars. Yes. Scanning out my teeth. We will sell it to you
1: for we're, that. So would you give it? Two, point, two out of five. Fuck, of course.
0: Yes, yeah, I gave it two.
1: <laughs> we don't talk to each other no, about what we read. we don't. We don't. I know
0: people think that we somehow like come to a conclusion, but no, we don't really. Sometimes we'll talk about the albums we're listening to it, like the you know the guitar parts, the core like, but we don't actually. Yeah, so it's funny these scores we don't know ahead of time, and that's funny. Uh, but yeah, two because this thing is a smelly, smelly piece of poo. And I see it as no reason to revisit this album or its songs. Oh God, no! There's nothing on here I'd ever want. If to it
1: weren't worth so much money, I'd say burn it with fire. Just burn it
0: with fire. Just throw it in the garbage right now. <laughs> it smells. Okay. The final to three. Uh, Queen. Yeah, me Queen too. with a notable, notable uh, Cap'n Beefheart. But um, just because it was just one of those ones, it's just so crazy. Yeah, it but, is crazy. But, but Queen, I mean, that's like leagues. All right.
1: I mention. All right.
0: All right. Anything you want to wrap up with?
1: No. I think that I've said all I want to say.
0: <laughs> Let's say about these ones until next time then.
1: And there were f- probably a few more curse words from me than you normally get. so. Eh,
0: I think you're about average. I think this one was a low curse word episode. Just, there's some fucking crazy episodes out there yes some really cock
1: where the curse words (laughs) get heated
0: okay anyways thanks for listening bye
1: bye oh thank you